Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. both my parents had died I remember going up into the attic and right in the bottom wrapped in brown paper and tied up with a ribbon was what looked like a bundle of letters still in their envelopes and my heart missed a beat I was completely unprepared for that I never knew these letters existed they were just wonderful letters about their their times together and they were letters from dad to mum and from mum to dad Mum must have been quite touched by that. I don't know if she knew what a romantic dad was. I suspect each of these letters on receipt was probably read at least a dozen times. These are the words of real people written between 1940 and 1946. The views expressed may differ from the ideals of today, and there are on occasion descriptions of war that some may find distressing. In port, June 1941. Good evening, sweetheart. This last week seems to have passed very quickly in spite of our having so little to do. There's nothing much to write about since I posted letter number three to the censor. We're now in port taking fresh supplies of coal and water before continuing the next stage of our trip. Tonight I stood on the foxhill and watched the sunset out over the sea and the lights of the harbour and town come on, one by one. It was a lovely sight and only you were missing to make it into one of those tropical evenings so beloved by writers of novels. When the moon came up over the trees across a sandy beach with the wireless softly crooning a dance tune, I was back two years ago in Cavalier. I'd better start applying your formula and look two years forward instead of idle thoughts of our happy past. From the arguments amongst the lads, the war will last anything from two months to ten years, so while I can't prophesy my exact location, I shouldn't myself think I shall be so far away from you. It will depend a great deal upon you people at home, because while the lads here are very willing, I somehow feel that we're out of the real centre of the battle. I'm not going to finish this today, but we'll continue over next week, because there may not be any chance of posting for many days. We're on our way again with nothing to see but see. It's been very nice to view the trees and hills again, even though we weren't permitted to go ashore. The locals came out in canoes to try and sell fruit, baskets, sandals, etc. We were forbidden to purchase anything because of the fear that the goods may be carried as a disease. How my mouth watered when I saw the piles of bananas, mangoes, oranges, pineapples. I haven't had any fresh fruit since I left home. 
We heard on the wireless the other day that Hess had landed in England. That provoked a storm of discussion. The general opinion now seems to be that the matter is a result of a private quarrel between Hess and the other Nazi leaders and is not of any serious moment. The latest news is of the extension of the war into Syria and Iran. It looks as though the battle for Suez is growing imminent. We're now heading to... And the weather is rapidly becoming cooler. Tomorrow we shall be wearing our battle dress again. It's surprising how quickly the weeks have passed now that we're settled down to a regular routine. I often get a game of chess in the afternoon while sat on deck. Otherwise we pass the time reading, talking, washing clothes, sewing buttons and darning socks. Yes, darling, I'm afraid I do miss you very badly at times. And you can take that remark whichever way you like. After all, you were warned often enough. Letter 12, 15th of June, 1941. My darling, I am sat at the table looking out of the French window across the garden to the trees beyond. They are fully out now, lovely, young, green. I don't know where you are, dearest, but are you missing this English summer? As you look up now, you may be seeing blue sea, golden sands, or maybe even vegetation as good or better than this, I wonder. I raise my eyes and I see a windy sky. You taught me how to read the sky. A lovely blue sky with long-swept white clouds trailing across. It's ten o'clock, but it's still very light. There are a number of flowers out at the front lawn, and the lawn is looking fine. I cut it the other day, and it's a lovely crop of grass. I have been eating our cabbages and cauliflowers for weeks now, and Chapman's and your mum have had some. Other things are looking good, too. Spinach, lettuce, carrots, two rows of peas, planted by myself, and lots of other good things too. I only wish you were here to help to eat them. I know you'd enjoy that. It's nine days now since I got your first letter and how I'm waiting for the next. I do hope, though, that when you wrote it, you had received my letter and that you knew there was going to be no little one until you came back. It really did upset me to read your lovely little paragraph alluding to it. I had by then got nicely over the disappointment, and then with your letter it all came back. I must finish here for this time, as the nightlight is beginning to close in. The world here now seems at peace. I hope this letter finds you at peace too. Good night, my darling, and do take care of yourself for our sakes. Remember I love you now, I always will. So keep your chin high, I'm doing it. All my love and kisses, Olga. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Undated letter, June 1941. Hello, Olga, darling. Here is another day, this time with wind and rough seas. The damn boat is pitching and tossing all over the place. This uneven motion certainly has its comic side as well as the inconveniences. The racks over our head are stuffed with our kit and odds and ends. The boat rolls and rolls further and further. Everyone holds tight, then suddenly bang, crash, wallop, and tin hats, haversacks, mugs come crashing down on some poor unfortunate or other. Then all the shouting and laughter gradually dies away until she rolls again and the pantomime recommences. So, now to bed. Here's another day with storm and high wind, the worst yet. I'm on guard today and it happens to be the best job. Everyone else has to stay below and we few are alone with the storm. The huge waves are chasing us. 
They loom towering over the stern and then at the last possible moment, when you're certain they'll curl and crash over the deck, the stern lifts up and up and the menace has gone to slip harmlessly beneath the ship and lift the bows in turn. The air is filled with fine salt and spray whipped up by the wind from off the waves. I just had a wonderful glimpse of the Peakland Hills with the white walls and limestone scars on a misty April morning. I was floating along the road to Taddington when suddenly at the blink of an eyelid it was the green sea with all its white veins and marbling and the village was lost in the trough of a wave. The light is fading. The seas appear even more enormous than before. The wine in the wind, the sting of the salt spray, the power of rapid movement all combine to make life exhilarating. It intoxicates. It entrances. I do feel sorry for the poor devils it only makes sick. The storm has nearly passed and this morning we're speeding along with a crisp breeze and blue skies heading for our next port of call where this letter will be posted. I'm sorry I can't do more than wish you as many, many happy returns. On the whole it's been a good year with many ups and a few downs and these few were for reasons over which we had no control. Gosh, I'm anxious to get your next letter to know how we've started this year, how you've dealt with all the problems and troubles I've left you. It's time to hand in mail so it's cheerio until we reach our destination. Cyril, kisses. Letter 14, 23rd of June, 1941. Hello, Cyril, darling. I only posted my last letter to you a few hours ago and here I am again. It's 2.30am of the night following June 22nd. You remember this same night last year, darling, at Moniash, how lovely and peaceful it was. How we were then starting out on a new life together. Everything looked so rosy then. Gosh, look what 12 months has done to us. You somewhere out east and me sat at my telephone here with a yellow one. I just keep dreaming back the last year and though in some respects it's rather sad, there are many lovely things to remember. I'm dreaming of those three happy months we spent together at home. How quickly they flew. It'll be like a second honeymoon when we start that life again. Then came our first break when you went to Catrick. I remember how then I thought the world was crumbling at my feet, but it turned out to be six very happy months in comparison to this. I bet you haven't forgotten those grand weekends we spent together. Well, ten past three and here comes the white message. So I'll retire, dear, and dream again. Your friends and family are all enjoying good health. I sincerely hope you are doing too. I will close now with lots of love and good wishes for your safe and speedy return. Love and kisses, Olga. Letter 17, 13th of July, 1941. Cyril's birthday. Hello, dearest. Before I say anything else... I want to wish you many, many happy returns of the day and I sincerely hope that we may not spend any more anniversaries apart. I got your little message. Parts of your letter made me quite jealous. The bit about standing on the forecastle watching the sunset over the sea and the harbour and town lights coming on and the natives with their cargoes of fruit. Even if it was forbidden, must have been a grand sight. They are all things we never see. We only dream of them. You say your mind went back to Cavalier, and then you say you must apply my formula of looking forward, not harbour idle thoughts of our happy past. 
You're wrong there, dear. Look forward, yes, indeed. But those old memories are precious, and until we make new ones, go over them often. I'm often in Cavalier when the radio softly croons a dance tune. Often in Nice when I get fed up with uninteresting wartime foods, and I remember those meals we ate in Darico. No, I don't know what I do without those memories sometimes. One thing I envy you. You're making memories now that will last you a lifetime. Seeing new things, new faces, new places. So long as none of them grow too dear to you, I don't mind. But here one doesn't make many memories. And I'm afraid most that we do make will be bitter ones. Though I shouldn't grumble, for I am far better off than most. This awful parting is the worst of all, for things are not so bad when there is someone to talk to. Not ordinary conversation, I get plenty of that, but the things you unload just before you go to sleep. Things no one else would care to listen to. That's when I feel that the lot of the woman whose husband is abroad is harder than any other. It seems that your second contention of Hesse's arrival was most likely true, but it came a bit late now a great country is plunged into the war. Some people are very surprised that Hitler didn't march across Russia in three or four days. She is certainly proving her strength, and today at 2pm an announcement was made on the radio. A pact with the Soviet Union. I had a letter from D. Arthur, and he says Russia's entry into the war will shorten it considerably. By the way, he asked me to send you his best wishes. Goodbye for the present, darling, and don't forget, I still love you very much. Tell me you love me too. Olga. Kiss, kiss, kiss. All for you. Letter 19, 22nd of July, 1941. Hello, darling. Another little epistle to tell you of my comings and goings and gossip in general. How are you, first of all, my dear? A sad note crept into your letter from Port of Call when you described the rough sea and you said for a moment you thought you saw a glimpse of the peatland hills with limestone walls. You were gliding down towards Taddington on a misty April morning. Then suddenly it was the green sea with its white veins and the village was lost in the trough of a wave. It must have been a lovely little dream and you described it so beautifully. I have read that particular part of the letter over and over again. I don't think I shall ever tire of reading it. I'm knitting you some socks. I have finished one and I'm getting along with the second. They are not as perfect as some that have been made for you, but very good for a first try. Anyhow, you'll have to think a thought in every stitch. If you have any hand-knitted socks that have good tops and poor feet, please pack them and send them home and I can refoot them. Don't cut off the feet, for wool is scarce and I can unravel them. Khaki wool is unrationed for six weeks, so I'm getting some in hand. I am very anxious for your next letter, dear. It seems such an age waiting for news from you. Keep smiling, darling, and look after my heart. Remember, it's in your keeping wherever you are. Love, Olga. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Letter 20, 30th of July, 1941. Hello, dearest. Your mum and dad received your airmail letter this last weekend and they are very thrilled with it. My only regret is that there was not one for me. You seem to be having a good time. Keep it up, dear. These things only come once in a lifetime and you must make the most of them. I really wonder what sort of a husband you will be when you come home after all this fun. I only hope you will not have forgotten the simple things we used to enjoy, for things don't alter much here. I am going to send your letters by airmail. It was disappointing to know you had only received four of my letters and I have sent twenty for now. 
I've been working three months and you only just know I've started. Cheerio, darling. Love, Olga. Letter 7. 13th of July, 1941. Cairo. Greetings, my darling. Today your husband has achieved his 28 years and in the twilight hour before we fall asleep will share my memories of a most memorable birthday. What a pity I can't mention everything. However, you'll have to be patient, my angel Olga, and wait until I come home. That perhaps may not be so very long now. Well, your hubby was very lucky in having his birthday on a Sunday. The routine of army life was forgotten for a few hours. We all flocked out of barracks after lunch and my pal and I made a beeline for the zoological gardens. There, midst shady paths and streams, we strolled the afternoon away. The inmates seemed quite at home in surroundings which appear far more appropriate than Regent's Park or Whipsnade. I didn't expect to find such a beautiful place out here. Time seemed to absolutely fly and we had an important engagement with a most memorable sight in the cool of the evening. After a real slap-up tea, we took a train, 40 miles for Tuppence Apney. The transport is the cheapest thing there is in this country. My pal and I spent a wonderful, though rather strenuous evening, then back to town in the warm, intimate dusk. There we celebrated with a supper that left us stretched out in easy chairs on the balcony for over an hour. Then back to our quarters, where I'm spending the last half hour writing to the most wonderful girl in the world. Truly the perfect end of a perfect day. There goes the bugle, so good night, Olga, darling. Good night. I haven't heard from you since I received your cable. Please always use the airmail as the other is so unreliable. There are many Sheffield lads here. I've seen several I know by sight, but none of my pals yet. It's interesting to read of the progress of Russian-German operations, but I'd like to get hold of some home views on the situation. The results of the German attack and the resulting Anglo-Russian alliance are going to have some very big effects on the internal situation at home. The only way I can get to know of these is if you could send me a summary in your airmail letter each week. You know the sort of thing I'm interested in. Well, here's Saturday and still my telegram hasn't turned up. I know you sent one and it was given to one of the lads to pass on to me, but somehow it's been mislaid. The telegraph company are having a search in order to give me a copy. Please either mention what was in it in your next letter or, if urgent, send again. That's all this time, so cheery by, my darling, and may this time soon pass. All my love, Cyril. Kiss, kiss. Letter 23, 11th of August, 1941. Hello, my darling. I received a letter from you last Friday, an airmail letter card. It was a lovely letter, and I do wish I was out there with you. I understand the government are paying half the expenses of any woman wishing to join her husband out east. When I just mentioned it at Mildon Road, your mum nearly jumped on me. She said, I want Cyril home, not you out there. There's plenty of time for that after. So that's that. Though I should love to come, for I cannot see however we could manage it in future. Though, of course, I don't know conditions out there too well, and it may not be a success. Oh, my love, Olga. Kiss, kiss, kiss. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Twenty second of June, nineteen forty one. Good evening, sweetheart. I fear our letters are out of sync, and so this may be quite an old letter by the time you receive it. What a glorious anniversary, my beloved. Yesterday I received a cable, the first news from home in two months. I wouldn't have believed it possible to experience such a feeling of joy in knowing that only four short days ago you were alive and well. Two months are in eternity when, except for last October, we've hardly missed a day since we first met. When I do get home, darling, you'll feel you've had your shadow permanently grafted on. We received our mail and, lucky me, four of the very best from my best girl. I'm sorry about the baby, darling. You're right. I've dreamt so long now that I've imagined the whole business cut and dried and me a proud father. Never mind, dear one. We shall enjoy the experience far more as all things together in far happier circumstances. The camp here is all flies by day and fleas by night. I'm brushing away two flies per word right now. But for our good friend Keating's powder, we should have been eaten alive at night, so as you see... A sunny climate has its disadvantages. These two pests are our main trouble, so life isn't too bad. It's months since I saw any rain. I shall never remember my raincoat when I do get home. So, today is our day, all of it. And since it is a Sunday and I've no duties whatsoever, so shall we take a stroll, my lady, and wander over the hills and far away to that land of bliss we always find together? Yes, of course you'll come. I can see consent in your lovely clear eyes, the light in your face. Shall we stroll through lovely Wyming, 
where first we walked together, along that winding sandy drive midst pine trees and the heather. Or shall we browse along the stream that comes from Stanage Moor, then take the road to Ringinglow, where first we entered door. Let's once again across the heath and o'er the hills to Strines, where tinkling waterfalls beguile the fern fronds neath the pines. Perhaps we'll chase the river down from friendly Derwent Hall, past Leam and Breton, Bakewell Bridge, what memories they recall. A woods through all the lovely dales of York and Derby famed, the Dove and Lathkill, Swale and Wharf, how aptly they are named. But after all it matters not what time or place or weather. All these become mere novelties when we walk together. The light slowly fading. There's a full moon out over the palm trees whose graceful fronds are waving in the evening sea breeze. Any moment now one could expect to see the hero appear and burst into the desert song. It's too lovely to be real. And so in this fantasy, my darling, we'll say goodbye to our day rich in its memories of our happy past and glowing with hopes of a happy future. So good night, my love. Good night. 13th of August. Well, darling, yesterday I got a beautiful letter from you. It was not numbered, but must be number five or six by the date. It is the lovely one you wrote on our anniversary. I don't think I shall ever tire of hearing that lovely poem. I had no idea my husband was a poet. Strange that on the night of our anniversary I laid in bed and was thinking of all those things you wrote about. Really, we've been very lucky to have collected such beautiful memories and still be young and fit enough to know we should collect many, many more. Well, the war goes on and we are certainly getting some peace now at Russia's expense. It is a pity that all people don't realise that the danger is no less serious just because the war has spread to a more distant frontier. It is so easy to slip back in one's chair and say someone else is getting a pennyworth now and think it is easier for us. Why won't they see we must fight harder now than ever before that this is our big opportunity to really smash Hitlerite Germany? That there is unrest inside Germany is obvious and also inside France from what action Pétain was taking yesterday. All political parties, etc., to be smashed immediately. Russia is showing wonderful strength and endurance, for there is no doubt it must be a bloody mess along that frontier. I will try and get you some reading that will interest you. I must close now, or I fear I shall overstep the weight limit, if I have not done so already. I will write again soon. Do look after yourself, dear, for my sake, until I am entrusted with that duty again. Keep smiling. All my love, Olga. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Letter 26, 22nd of August, 1941. Hello, dearest. Here it is, Friday and no word from you, dear. I do hope I'm not being neglected. Don't frown, I'm only trying to keep you up to scratch. I have received all letters up to number seven without one missing, so I have enjoyed your journey with you as well as I can. The letter you wrote on the 22nd of June was particularly sweet, and the poem, darling, was great. I felt really important reading it and knowing it was written just for me. It was a revelation, too, to find you remembered so many things. I often think of those same things, but then I thought I was a dreamer. I think when I'm about 50 or so, I'll tough out all these lovely letters, 
because I shall think then it's no use remembering we were once parted for so long. But this is one I shall fold up again and put back in the box and keep forever. Olga, kiss kiss. Sometimes when you read things, there's just one little bit that just makes you almost stop in your tracks when you think about the consequences of, of, of what he was saying. My name's Pete Moforth, and Cyril and Olga were my parents. Mum had become pregnant, and then she had a miscarriage. They weren't dramatic in how, how they chose to express themselves. There was, there was always this stoic undercurrent to, to what they said. There wasn't huge, great, flowing emotion in things. That was just not, not their style. But I think when words like that were said, I could just imagine Dad reading that and just going for a very, very, very long walk because uh, I'm sure it must have affected him hugely. To send a letter and it just be lost in the, the postal service for months the anxiety must be building up every week that you're not getting any information, especially during a war. My name is Simon Halloway and Cyril and Olga were my grandparents. Every letter that was sent, there was you know, a real craft into every word that you penned down on the paper and the letters were treasured when they were received. It's, um, it's just not like that anymore. Even things like paper and pencils and pens and ink during the war were very difficult to come by. My name is Sue Moforth and Cyril and Olga were my parents. Paper was precious, so they wrote in small letters, small handwriting, uh, very often on both sides of sheets. And sometimes Dad had difficulty even finding a pencil to write with. Dad always mentioned censors because he always wanted to remind Mum that there was all kinds of stuff he couldn't say. At the start, he'd, he'd said too much. He'd, he'd mentioned place names. And Mum was really upset because when it went to the censor, the censor had actually physically cut out with a pair of scissors the offending items. And her annoyance was made worse because she lost two bits of story. The bit of story that the censor had cut out and the story on the other side of the paper because you had to write on both sides of the paper because paper was in short supply. And it's just how, how lucid and detailed they were. Every single word mattered. Every nuance mattered because they all communicated emotion. They just wanted to make sure that when somebody had read that letter, then they came away feeling hopefully better than they were before the letter arrived. Join us next week for episode two of History's Letters of Love in World War II. Subscribe to Letters of Love in World War II and please don't forget to rate and review us. We'd love to hear your thoughts. For more information, head to history.co.uk or follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Just search for at History UK. Letters of Love in World War II was written and produced by Anna Priestland, edited by Joel Porter and produced and directed by Sam Pearson.
My name's Dr. Fernradell, and this is Not What You Thought You Knew, a brand new podcast series from History. In each episode, we're going to be exploring some unexpected historical characters, revealing not just their incredible stories, but also why they're so important for reassessing our interpretation of what the past looked like. Subscribe to Not What You Thought You Knew on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or your favourite podcast app, and search for History UK to find out more. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.